salvation comes when you believe in the gift and, and the promises of what God has given us through Christ Jesus. those scriptures we have 17 and 18 dealing with condemnation or being condemned and being saved and so i want to address the one the way it talks about what is it to be condemned and we find that in 19 and 20 and say this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither come to the light, lest their deeds should be reproved. Did you hear what Jesus is saying? I'm not saying this. Jesus, God himself is saying this. I'm giving you light and you are condemned already because you have not received my light. You rather be in darkness. And so if you look at it, this is the difference is is that, well, let me wait until I get into the next verse. The next verse says, and this is for people that are being saved. This is the conformity to being saved from being condemned is, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought, wrought in God, which means that they understand comparing the, the, the principles of God. They understand that what they are doing and what they were doing and what they were saying and what they were thinking was different than what God wanted. And so now they embrace the truth. They live a life according to that truth. And even though they make mistakes and they flaw and they do things wrong, they are constantly knowing that what I have done wrong, I have been forgiven for, but I recognize that that's why he died. If I say something that comes out my mouth that's wrong, uh, beating somebody down, profanity or whatever the case may be, and I recognize because I have embraced that light that has come into the world. And so it changes my thinking. Repenting is going the opposite direction, going into the opposite direction of what I used to say, the opposite direction of what I used to think the opposite direction of what I used to do because I acknowledge the light, that light shines on that darkness that I once was operating under. And I'm saying, now that I know light, now that I know truth, now that I know Christ, I am going to reprove myself of that because I know it is not of God. It's not pleasing to God. Did you have something to add to that? I was going to talk about acknowledging when we do sin, confessing that sin. And God says that he is faithful and he is mm -hmm. just to forgive us of that sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father when we do what's not pleasing in the sight of God, when we commit sin against God, because that's who we're sinning against. We're sinning against God. Yeah. And when we sin against him, he has given us an advocate to pray for us. Jesus says he sits on the throne and he always lives to make intercession for us. He's always praying for us. We should not take that lightly. Just like, you know, we look to people who we think can reach the throne room of God because they can pray. When we see those people, we look at them and we, and we, we speak highly of them or we want them to pray for us. How much more we have the Son of God, who the Father always hears, sitting 
at his right hand, always making intercession for us. So we cannot lose. He has set us up in a win-win situation every single time. All we have to do is confess it. He already knows it, but he looks to us to confess it. And he is faithful. He is just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, hopefully you read these verses or are listening to us and hear that what Jesus is saying, you know, you must be born again in order to see heaven, kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, in order to enter into the kingdom of God, whether it's a place that we can go, but I think it's much more than that. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a frame of mind. It's a state of being. It's the way you live your life as in the kingdom of God. You were talking about that early as far as the uh, different things about uh, the state of being, the, 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 having the frame of mind of being in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, but Jesus says we're in this world, but not of it. Not of it. So we're operating in a different perspective, a different level of living. And so what, what was the uh, scriptures? I think it was like, uh, this is the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 17 verses um, 20. <clears throat> through 21 it says uh now when he was asked by the pharisees when the kingdom of god would come he answered them and said the kingdom of god does not come with observation nor will they say see here or see there for indeed the kingdom of god is within you this is jesus what jesus told him the kingdom of god is within you and then there is uh romans 14 and um 17 Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is. And then have one more scripture. And that's going to be uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4 and verse 20. It says, For the kingdom of God is is not in word, but in power. That is the kingdom of God. It's it's within, it's not with word, it's in power. You can know if you're born again, is that your mindset changes. You know, you're no longer doing the things that you used to do. And if, if you do them, you recognize them as, hey, that's why he died for me. Thank you for forgiving me of that. And I'm recognizing that and saying, Father, forgive me. Mm-hmm. For you took me from that. And I'm not trying to get back to that. That's that's acknowledging, you know, yes, he's forgiving you completely of every sin that you would ever commit. But we have an obligation to recognize sin as sin. And when we recognize before, we wouldn't recognize it as such. Now, because we have this light that has come into our world, now that we are born again, we realize I just want to do righteousness. I want to do truth. And so because I did and said and thought something that I know that's contrary to the father, I'm recognizing that that's why it's almost like an, an, an opening window to you seeing why he died for you, why he had to forgive you is the fact that, yeah, that's that's not of God. And I'm just saying, Lord, I recognize that that's why Jesus Christ died for me. Please forgive me of that. Please forgive me. And not saying that you haven't forgiven me already. You can actually word it this way. Lord, thank you for forgiving me for that, because that's why he died for me. And you've acknowledged the fact that you realize that's not of God. That's not something that God wanted you to go through or be a part of or to think or to do or to say coming out of your being. 
as a believer in Christ Jesus, if you're born again, you're thinking differently, you're doing differently, you're saying differently. That's being conforming to the image of Christ. This is the conversation. This is the, the, the gospel according to Jesus Christ that we have, have uh, read over. And, and you can't blame us because this is God witnessing to a person that thought they were religious or a person that thought they had life going on. And he said, no, you must be born again. And the born again that I want you to do and experience is a life doing righteousness. Um, you was reading a little bit more about Nicodemus. What did you come up with? Yeah, I was wondering just from, you know, from from this time, this period right here, did Nicodemus become a follower of Jesus Christ? You know, it would be ashamed that the teacher of Israel would come to the Lord Jesus Christ at night behind the backs of his, you know, counterparts to find out more about God and you know, I read a little bit further along where he did, he, he kind of intervened when the officers were to bring Jesus to the Pharisees and the authorities and and they didn't do it. And, and the Pharisees wanted to know, why didn't you bring this man? And, and the officers were like, we've never heard anybody like this man. And then Nicodemus chimes in and says, is it a part of our law that we should judge someone before we know what they've done? And so then they asked Nicodemus, are you also from Galilee? Don't you know that there's no prophets that that's ever come from Galilee? So that that kind of signified that Nicodemus was leaning towards Jesus and what he was teaching. And then a, a little bit further on, when Jesus was crucified, it said that Nicodemus had given like, I think like a hundred pounds of myrrh or something like that for his body, for his burial. Mm. So, so that lets me know that he did turn towards, towards Jesus. He did become a believer. He may not have been um, really outward with it because of his position as the teacher of Israel. Um, So maybe he hadn't made it public yet, but in his heart, I believe he did turn to the Lord. Yes, that would have been a shame that God witnesses to you and you don't <laughs> you don't convert, you know, you don't say, okay, I want I want this. Um so he lays this out, this gospel out, you know, and he tells Nicodemus that this is this is it. This is the plan of God. I am God. I'm going to go through some things for you to save you. And for him to say, eh, like our, our, our grandson said, no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> so this was a powerful moment. Like I said, we have to look at this from or we should look at this from a perspective of God witnessing to his creation, this beautiful plan that he had. Mm-hmm. And he's sharing it with humanity. And Nicodemus is representing humanity. He's also representing religion that. We can do all these things, but miss it, miss something. So they were doing a lot of stuff. They were doing everything they thought that was right in the sight of God. But Jesus says there is so much more than what you have and you don't have what you think you have. But you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You will not enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. If you want to know, how do you know if you're born again? Well, Jesus mentions this, the word comes out and says, you must be born again. So apparently the word needs to reveal to us, how do we know if we are born again? And um, one thing is what Jesus says, you got to be doing 
the truth. You might live in the truth. When you make a mistake, you, you respond in a way that shows that you've, you, there's something different in you. And so I went through some verses, I went through some scriptures, and I came across things that, that are written in, in John, First John, that refers to being born again or being born of God, being born in the spirit. And these are the things that you know if you are born again. And one says doing righteousness is an indication that we are born again doing righteousness. If we're not uh, about righteousness and we still want to do old man stuff, then we need to question, are we born again? Are we living a righteous life in Christ Jesus? Not saying that we want to make this a law, but we're saying that as a character reference, and if Jesus is your reference, then your character should reflect him and not old man. And that was in 1 John 2.29. In 1 John 2.3, it says, Keeping his commandments is another sign of being born again. And first John three, nine talks about cannot sin. And that's something else. You cannot sin if you are a born again believer. Now people say, well, what are you talking about? We don't sin. We're perfect or whatever. No. If you understand what Jesus is saying about doing truth, doing righteousness is the fact that you leave behind the old man way of doing things. And when the light comes in and you know that there's light, because I know as an old man, when things happen, when I did things or said things or, or you know, um, thought things that I, I could care less. OK, all right. I thought that's so big deal. What's up? And then I'll go back and I'll think about it again and I'll do the same thing over and over again. But when light has come in, it reflects when there is something wrong. There's unrighteousness there. And not saying that you did something wrong or you did everything perfect. It's saying that you did something wrong, but you're acknowledging it now because truth has come into your life and has reflected and revealed to you that's old man stuff and you need to leave old man stuff behind. Don't get caught up into the point of, well, he forgave me of all those things. The issue is not his forgiveness because when he died, he said it is forgiven. I'm forgiving you of everything you would ever do, but it's up to us to acknowledge because if we don't acknowledge that what he died for was a sin, then we make him a liar. That the whole point is, is that God says, have you renewed your mind? Have you been transformed? Are you being conformed to the image of my son? Is that you're calling what it is, what it is. And you're acknowledging him and saying, God, you died for this. Thank you for forgiving me of this. And I ask your forgiveness from the perspective of I acknowledge that this was wrong. What I said, what I thought was wrong. That's old man stuff. That which you have died for to remove. What did he die to remove? You should not be holding on to. The life he's given you in salvation, you should not be holding on to old man stuff. You should acknowledge that that old man stuff. You're not saying, oh, I'm okay to do old man stuff because he saved me and forgave me. I don't think that's how this works. Because you're talking about a relationship. You're talking about you love him. You're talking about that he died for you. He sacrificed a lot for that stuff that you're trying to hold on to. So I just want you to know that we cannot sin. And from the perspective of acknowledging the wrong, the thing that he has called sin, you're acknowledging that that's sin and you're thanking him. It's like this moment where you have this, oh, that junk I just said, that thing that I just done. That's why he died for me. Thank you for forgiving me. And that's what you're doing. It's not like you're saying, oh, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. It's saying that I am thankful. It is God's will that we be thankful people. 
And every day we need to be thankful because we see why he died for us. We see why he had to forgive us. We see why he is love and gave love to us. So, you know, you have that. And then there's the believing that Jesus Christ is Christ. When you believe that you have been born of God, you are of God. If you don't believe that, you're a liar. You know, John says, you're a liar. You're actually an antichrist if you don't believe that he is, is he is Christ. And so I know this is kind of hard, but I'm just telling you what the word of God says. And also, we should be living as overcomers. There's nothing should have us bound and in control. No situation, no person. We should be overcomers. That is a sign of being born again. We are overcomers. And that, that was in John, first John 5, 4. And Peter says in first Peter 1, 23, we should be incorruptible seed. There should be an incorruptible seed in us, a seed that is growing and growing and growing. It's not corrupting anything. It's not tearing. It's not creating an old man mentality again. It should be coming forth as an incorruptible seed. It is a seed that is planting into hearts, into people's lives, and is doing a thing that's uh, supporting the kingdom of God. And so those are the things that that will give you an indication of being born again, is that your life, the way you think, what you say, what you do, how you respond, um, love is a sign of being born again, that somebody does something bad to you, the world will say, you know, tear the tail up. God says you need to forgive your enemy. For loving your enemy, forgiving your enemy, praying for your enemy, those are signs that you are born again. Those are tough things for most of us. Very tough things because we've been acclimated into a system of living where it tells us that you need to, if you need to give them back. They sold that. I'm going to give them something to reap, you know, from, from an ungodly perspective. But God says we need to be conforming to the image of his son. And if we're not reflecting that image, then we need to question whether we're born again. You know, you have something, I see something on your face. You got something to say? Is it Acts chapter four and verse 13? Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. So there was a noticeable difference of these uneducated men and these people realized the difference was that they had been with Jesus. Are we living our lives for people to see that light to say they've been with Jesus? Because if we're with Jesus, he should be rubbing off on us. People should see the light of Jesus on us, not us, but they should see the light of Jesus in our born again lives. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your your love for us, your dying love for us. So thank you for screaming with us. You can send us a comment or prayer request on our Facebook page, It Was Found in My Heart, or send us an email at iwfimh at gmail.com. And may the God of all creation keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So we thank you once again for being with us. I'll be blessed and have a wonderful day in Jesus' name. Amen.